Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. That is in part the problem. We don't want to cry out. We don't want to get help. We want to keep our suffering a secret. But the problem is, as long as we keep our suffering a secret, the enemy wins. Good morning, church family. Glad to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Turn with me, if you will, to Psalm 80. I'll be reading the 80th Psalm, the 7th through the 15th verse. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Again, that is Psalm 80, uh, verses 7 through 15. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Restore us, O God of hosts, cause your face to shine, and we shall be saved. You have brought a vine out of Egypt. You have cast out the nations and planted it. You prepared room for it and caused it to take deep root, and it filled the land. The hills were covered with its shadow and the mighty cedars with its bow. She sent out her bows to the sea and her branches to the river. Why have you broken down her hedges so all, that all who pass by the way pluck her fruit? The boar out of the woods uproots it and the wild beast of the field devours it. Return, we beseech you, O God of hosts. Look down from heaven and see, and visit this vine and the vineyard which your right hand has planted and the branch that you made strong for yourself. The word of God for the people of God, thanks be to God. Pray with me, church. Oh God, our Father, maker and ruler of everything. We thank you for the opportunity to gather once again in your name, Lord God. We thank you for every good and perfect gift that comes from above. Let every word that I speak and every thought that I think be acceptable in your sight. Hide me behind your cross so that people don't see me, but they see Jesus. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, for the time that we get to spend together today, I want to talk a little bit about a messed up vineyard, a messed up vineyard. There's a game that I like to play on my iPad called Homescapes. Uh, there are games within games in this game. It's like a lot of other games on your uh, mobile devices where you have to move objects back and forth to match three in a row or more. Uh, in order to remove them and clear the stage. But there's a game within the game because every stage that you clear, you get a star and you use those stars to advance the main story of the, of the game for the main character and where he is trying to renovate 
his parents' home, his parents' property, the garden, uh, the garage, the front area, every the kitchen, everything has fallen into disrepair. And I get frustrated when I play this game from time to time, even though I still play it, because when you fix something, it falls apart again. And I get frustrated because the work is never done. I get frustrated because everything is not simple. There's a difference when I say that between simple and easy. But every time you fix something, somebody comes in and says, oh, you forgot to do this. Or you fix something else and another character comes in and says, you know what would make that just that much better? And so you end up playing the game over and over again. And I get frustrated at this idea because I get frustrated at the same thing in life. The work is never done. I would like things to be simple, not easy, but simple. I would like to know who the bad guys are up front. I would like to know if something's too expensive for you to tell me what the cost is instead of going around about way to try to rope me in. I like to know up front. So even if it's too hard for me to do, at least I have something to quantify it with. I need the terms up front. I like simple. And I am doing the work on myself to grow because I keep learning and understanding that life is not simple. You don't know who all the good guys and the bad guys are. And sometimes someone may start off as a good guy and become a bad guy. Sometimes you may start off as a good guy and become the bad guy. It's not simple. There's dementia. There's depression. There are broken relationships. There are infidelity, suicidal ideation, financial troubles, physical health troubles. There are pandemics. There are economic collapses. There is systemic racism, class warfare, poverty, hunger, and war, just to name a few. I could spend the entire sermon naming all the problems. Things are not simple. And it is hard to deal with. There are times that we can celebrate and there are times when we lament. Psalm 80 is a communal lament. It is a nationwide lament. It is used in ancient Israel when a national calamity had occurred. Now, scholars are split on when this actually happened because uh, Israel was attacked often. Israel went through a whole bunch of problems. I recall saying a few weeks ago, uh, whenever there was a corrupt king in power, there was usually some sort of pandemic, some sort of pestilence to happen. There was some sort of disease to spread through the land or there was some sort of trouble to come on those people. So those things happen sometimes from the outside, but sometimes from the inside. And if there, when you say when Israel was attacked in the Bible times, people would say when. Which one? Uh, it could have been 605 B.C., 597 B.C., 586 B.C., 572 B.C. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar ra uh, raided around 722 uh, B.C.E. When Israel fell, Israel as a nation had some issues. 
They had issues with kings, so they split at one point. And there was a northern kingdom of Israel and a southern kingdom of Israel. They had issues with other countries, so they got attacked often. Kings coming and going, wars coming and going, the people suffering, not unlike today. Uh, the scriptures are read uh, before the, pa- the, 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 the scriptures that are before the passage are read before the sermon. The people of God call uh, God in Psalm 80, the shepherd of Israel. But like people do when times get rough, they complain. And they actually start off this passage in Psalm 80 complaining to God because they feel like God has not been a good shepherd to them. Uh, one of the questions I am always asked as a pastor has to do with theodicy, which is a big old $5 word for if God is good, why do bad things keep happening? Uh, Some people would say that there is suffering in the world and God caused the suffering. And others would say that God didn't cause the suffering, but God allows it to happen. Either way, you think on the spectrum of the theology at some point in your life, there's going to be some bad things to deal with. And some of it might rock you to your core. Some of it might change your whole perspective on life. And some might even change the way you view God. Uh, Some people might might just try to press on and act like nothing is wrong and act like everything is okay while their world is falling apart but bad times are bound to come but what matters is not the bad times what matters is how you respond and how you operate in those bad times uh, Sigmund Freud and a psychologist, uh, although a critic of religion, pointed out that people as youth have a need for security and protection and can imagine sometimes their father as an all powerful person. And when they find out later that their father is but a human being and is vulnerable, uh, they transfer that all-powerful, that need for an all-powerful person to protect them onto God, sometimes to their detriment. But with keen insight, Freud recognized this tendency amongst the religious. And he said that people attempt to secure happiness and protection against suffering. He later on once said that this is through a delusional remolding of reality. Uh, they, they, the, the, when the bad times hit, they, they, they flip the way they think, but not in a way that is real. Uh, But not only do the critics of religion have this kind of thinking, uh, but so do some of the champions of religion. C.S. Lewis said, uh, when you love someone, you don't want them to suffer. I feel like that. Why doesn't God? The people of God are lamenting about the trouble that has been going on in their land. Uh, The people of God in the text called the nation of Israel a vine and the promised land that they were operating in a vineyard. There's a lot of vine and vineyard imagery in the lectionary passages today. Almost all of them have something about that. But the the imagery of the vine and the vineyard is all over the Bible when talking about God and God's people. But the bad news is, is in this text right now, the vineyard is being torn up. 
Uh, the text said that uh, the hedges, why have you broken down their hedges? Some translations say walls. Uh, 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 other translations say fences. But either way, the word that is being used, they're basically saying, why is our, tr- uh, why is our protection being torn down. The walls put around the vineyard are being broken down and now anybody and everybody can come to that vineyard and steal the fruit. Uh, there's a wild boar tearing up the vineyard, a vicious and an and, and unclean animal. The irony of that is that this is an animal that God says is unclean and is tearing up God's creation. The people do not know what to do. Their country is under attack and they don't have faith in the leadership to handle the crisis. The people of God need help. Ah, But the people of God get out of complaining and understand that the same God that has gotten them out of trouble before is the same God that got them out of trouble now and will get them out of trouble again. If we can cry out to God in the midst of our troubles, God will hear us, be with us, and help us out of the situation. It's hard to have faith when everything around you is falling apart, but I stop by to tell you that it is no secret what God can do, what he's done for others, he'll do the same thing for you. The gardener is coming to clean up the vineyard that's been torn apart. It's just going to take time. Vine tending requires patience. Nothing grows quickly in God's garden. And sometimes the clearing out is going to have to happen. Sometimes those fences and those hedges need to be torn down in order for something better and stronger and more sturdy to be put up in its place. The clearing out will need to happen. Some things need to go away. And some things that need to go away, if you can't let go of them uh, willingly, they might have to go away forcefully. God's clearing comes from the heart of God's love and for God's people and for the world. A good gardener does not rejoice in clearing out the weeds, but sees it as a necessary act to prepare a place and plant a productive vine. My daughter learned that lesson just a couple of days ago. She and my son have gotten seeds and they've gone to start planting things and they've gone to start growing. And she was walking out in the front of the parsonage the other day and she saw one of her plants growing and she immediately reached down and pulled the weeds out because they were interrupting the growth of the plant that they were trying to take care of. A good gardener is able to pull the weeds out so that the vine can grow. Uh, But there are other texts uh, that deal with a vineyard being destroyed. One of the other texts for this lectionary passage this week was Isaiah 5. But the difference between Isaiah 5 and, uh, and Psalm 80 is that the prophet Isaiah tells the people to turn around. Uh, But the psalmist uh, tells or asks God to turn around. 
Uh, the text asked the text asked God to turn around. It says that we need God to turn around and shine his face upon us. Any vine that needs to grow needs sunlight to live. And just like the vine needs sunlight to live, we need God's life to live, light to live. That light, that favor of God, that shining out in the darkness that helps us to see our way through. It is always darkest before dawn and that shining light that comes through we just have to be willing to wait for it and not only do we have to be willing to wait for that 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 light to come through we have to be willing to cry out we have to be willing to cry out even when it is so dark that you can't see your hand in front of your face just because you can't see the help there doesn't mean that God is not there Mm. We need to be willing to cry out in times of suffering. Uh, this psalm lets us know about the pain uh, of the calamity, the pain of the trouble, the pain of the unfortunate events that are going on. And it's okay to be angry, but we also have to be willing to understand that we can still cry to God for help. I'm going to say that again. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to have that pain. The Bible says over and over again that man born of a woman days are few and full of trouble. It says that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will carry us through. We like that the Lord will carry us through, but we forget about the many are the afflictions of the righteous. We like to say that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. But for that to be made true, somebody's got to try to make the weapon and somebody's got to try to use the weapon in order for it to fail against you. There are going to be troubles and trials in our lives, but we need to be willing to cry out to the Lord. Have a little talk with Jesus. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. There's song after song that tells us we need to talk to God about our problems. We have to be willing to cry out. And so this psalm explains the pain of the calamity and anger at God because it happens. But at the same time, over and over again, all over Psalm 80, he says, restore us, restore us, restore us, crawl out, cry out rather to the Lord. That is in part the problem. We don't want to cry out. We don't want to get help. We want to keep our suffering a secret. But the problem is, as long as we keep our suffering a secret, the enemy wins. We are all in our own personal vineyards with our own personal walls being torn down, with our own personal boars tearing up the vineyards. The vineyard may have been destroyed by the wild boar, but the vineyard can be restored. There is help coming, and that help is coming from the best gardener in the business, the one who was and is and is to come, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the author and the finisher of our faith, the good shepherd, the wheel in the middle of the wheel, the rose of Sharon, that help is coming. Uh, C.S. Lewis did say that when you love someone, you don't want them to suffer. 
I feel that, I feel like that. Why doesn't God? But C.S. Lewis also said that he no longer has the answer, but he continues to have faith. Uh, this restoration that's being asked for, this salvation that's being asked for is also not just for the future. It's not just about eternal life. It's not just for that. The restoration and the salvation and can happen now. The vines planted by the gardener right hand. That access to favor, that vine imagery is all over the Bible. And I'm reminded that we need God in times of trouble. We need to be able to hold on to the true vine in the vineyard. I'm reminded of John chapter 15, verse 5, where he said that I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. We have to be willing to cry out to God because we are all vines in his vineyard and without him we can do nothing. In the vineyard God can provide us with protection. In the vineyard God will give us a foundation to hold on to. In the vineyard we can see God's face. We can hold on to God and if we can't hold on to him we should be able to cry out and cry out in our times of trouble so that we can be restored. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simpson Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching and God bless.